In this episode of the Unfolded Soul, bless his heart, leadership podcast. It doesn't matter what side of the interview table you're sitting on. Baby, in the end, we all selling something. Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, bless his heart. The name, Ken Williams. I conducted three interviews this afternoon and two of them I felt were home runs. The first was for the guidance counselor position and on a leap of faith, I invited a staff member to join me in the interview and she was excellent because I gave her the opportunity to ask, formulate and ask questions. Her questions were specific and in depth. Our candidate was a newbie, fresh out of school and she was impressed. She was also impressed by how hard our school district worked to get her interviews. She was new, excited with new ideas. I went back and forth as to, you know, whether or not I should offer her the position on the spot or should I wait till she was done interviewing. I went with my gut and told her that I would wait until she was done interviewing, but I was going to offer the position right then. And so... The cool thing is her eyes bugged out and she accepted on the spot. On the spot. Her reasons were, one, she really liked my leadership style. Two, she was impressed with our staff members' questions, Ms. Glaspie. And three, she was impressed with how human resources went out of their way to get her an interview. I was completely floored and so was she with the offer. And on top of it, she's the only person I interview for that position. So she'll have that little fact to uh, live with for the rest of her life, which is pretty cool. My second interview was a great lesson in not judging a book by its cover. Not the most professionally dressed person. This teacher was from another district nearby and was wearing an obvious Shaka Khan type of wig. Her voice quality also left some to be desired. So my hopes based on first impressions were not high. However, about five minutes into her interview, I noticed not only how much sense she was making, but just how aligned her teaching and learning philosophy was to mine. The teacher who sat in with me for that interview put it best. She said it was as if someone prepped her for the interview. She said several things that could very well have come from my mouth verbatim. However, I almost eliminated her as a candidate in my mind, like prejudiced against her right away. I still need to get references for her, but for so far, she seems like a pretty strong candidate. All right, baby, let's get into it. A couple of things, you know, we're all selling something. You know, I I recall, you know, whether it's for a part-time job, a summer position, my first position teaching, early, early, early on in my life, I remember distinctly sitting on the interviewee side of the table and feeling like this is 100% about me selling myself to the organization or the company or the team 
And, you know, that's, that's the paradigm I knew back then. You know, it wasn't until, you know, I was really well into adulthood when I began to realize that, hey, you know, I should be looking for what I want in terms of a fit while they're looking for what they want as a fit. And that was, that was a big shift for me. I mean, I'm, I remember the first time I actually had questions to ask, you know, traditionally in my experience, most interviews end with, hey, do you have any questions for us? And for years, my question was, how soon are you going to let me know whether I got the job or not? You know, that's, that's about as far as I went. But as I matured and really thought more about how this is not just me selling myself, but they should be selling themselves to me. You know, I began to ask more substantive questions, you know, around, um, you know, what three things would you change if you had a magic wand? You know, just a variety of questions, things that I wanted to know about their culture, you know, about how recognition is treated, you know, what's what's the what's the uh, the protocol for constructive and praiseworthy feedback? All sorts of questions that I just began formulating so as to help me decide whether I wanted to be a fit and not just sit there as if they're doing me a complete favor. The selling should take place on both sides. And clearly that was the case in uh, this interview that we did. I also remember learning that it's one thing, you know, I had the staff member there with me and it's not like that's some groundbreaking, um, you know, move that I made. I think what made this one different is if I recall it correctly, I didn't typically when I had a team of people, you know, the, the, the interview was more structured. We had specific questions we were going to ask, but for this one, it was kind of a spur of a moment invitation for the staff member to sit with me. And I invited her to ask questions she wanted to ask. I just trusted that they would be good questions and on point. And they, they really were like, I learned a lot, but not, and you know, what I took from that was it's, it's one thing to invite staff members to sit in, right. To, to have some input. It's another thing that when appropriate to kind of turn them loose, to ask questions they want to ask, kind of get away from the structure that doesn't work in every situation, but in this situation, it worked really well. And I, I remember learning a lot from her being in that interview. It also helps to build leadership. Um, that was really powerful because she was a support professional. I'm embarrassed to say, I don't exactly remember what her position was, but she was a support professional. She wasn't a guidance counselor. Um, I believe she's a resource teacher. She was a resource teacher. And so she was in there with me. Um, another thing I was thinking about was, you know, we're both selling, we're selling from both sides. Think about that. Interviews go both ways. Always have questions. Always have questions at the end of the interview or throughout the interview that communicate that, hey, I'm trying to decide whether I'm a good fit for you. Like you want, you want to put yourself in that kind of position to do that. And then the second interview, yes, it was definitely one of those judging the book by its cover. And look, I made a commitment. Don't I don't want to I don't want a bunch of emails and stuff. Um, you wig shaming. 
or you know folks altering their appearances I got nothing against any of it I made a commitment to read the journal entries as is as written so don't come at me don't come for me about the hair I'm just saying that day that hair stood out along with kind of the you know she was kind of frumpily dressed and look she was a she was a teacher a professional so this is not like you know someone who's living in the depths of poverty and looking for an opportunity this, is, this wasn't that situation and so on the one hand I'm glad I hung with that interview long enough to get past my own building prejudice based on appearance but here's my other part of the lesson here's the other takeaway while you shouldn't judge a book by its cover if you walk in and there's the book fix the damn cover fix work on the cover right work on the cover remember a few years ago it was like don't profile people like profiling is wrong profile okay what we do with profile information may be wrong but damn it we all profile we walking down the street and we decide to cross over because we see or feel like there's an element or uh, you know there's a safety issue going on. That's profiling. Someone approaching you, mean mugging you and stuff like. I, listen, I want I want everybody to profile to an extent. I think about my wife and daughter out here in these streets. I want them to profile. And if any they get any kind of inkling that something is not safe or something's not right, I want them to profile my son as well. And so all I'm saying is she almost lost an opportunity because of her appearance. And it was stuff she could control. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about physical size or anything like that. I'm just talking about the dress. I mean, you listen, I'm not gonna sit here and break all this stuff down. Look, you know what an iron is. I'm not saying you got your stuff got to come from uh, Brooks Brothers or or uh, the, the Dillards of Macy's. I'm just saying, you know, just go old school a little bit. Take care of yourself to, to, to look tight when you go into an interview. I'm old school like that. I know with all the virtual stuff going on, it's easier and things like this. To me, the standards have dropped a little bit. But no, you got to go in there suiting and booting. Our son was here... Last night watching the Giants game, five and one. And he's got an interview this week and he says, you know, I need to go grab a blazer. And I was like, yes, go get your blazer. Get a nice blue blazer. Get that white shirt, red power tie. I mean, some things haven't changed yet, you know. I know there are lots of firms that, you know, don't require any kind of, you know, business formal approach. But if uh, when in doubt... Get in there suiting and booting. Clean. Have your stuff pressed nice. So that your initial appearance regarding stuff you can control does not, has a less of a chance of thwarting you in the interview. That, 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 that's all I'm saying. You don't want, you don't want stuff you can control to be a distraction. And so continue to build leadership, get other people involved, get some varied perspectives and start with the crown.
Today, my book, Ruthless Equity, Disrupt the Status Quo and Ensure Learning for All Students is out. It has been met with phenomenal response. I know this is less than humble, but uh, I prayed on it. And listen, our kids can't afford me to be humble. This book needs to be in the hands of every single educator without question. And that's not about selling books. That's about impact. I can make you one solid promise when you read this book. You will not utter the phrase. This book reminds me of another book I read. You will not utter that phrase. Ruthless Equity is my defining work. It's everything I believe, everything I know. It will change the game. It clarifies equity, which has been pulled in 500,000 different directions. So pick up your copy now. You can find it on Amazon.com. Just search Ruthless Equity, Ken Williams. Or I've got a large amount of demand for signed copies. If you want a signed copy of Ruthless Equity, go to my website, unfoldthesoul.com. Go to the store in the menu tab and order Ruthless Equity from my website. You'll see this information in in the notes as well. Lastly, for schools and districts that would like to order 20 or more copies of Ruthless Equity, I am offering a 20% discount. That's 20% off of the list price if you order 20 copies or more. To do that, go to unfoldthesoul.com slash bulk 20 the number two zero it's unfoldthesoul.com slash bulk two zero get your copy of ruthless equity today it is a game changer baby On the next episode of the Unfold of Soul, bless his heart leadership podcast you got to know when dry skin is more than uh, dry skin. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.